actually doesn't stick around with us um he, he he runs off with his guys and we just make our escape that way uh but we do run into him a little bit later um so yeah we were halfway through the prison we're making our way through four levels of the prison and um we were getting cutscenes of basically what's happening in the meantime kind of thing uh, the we we saw that the uh, the warden of the prison is conducting these experiments on people, trying to turn them into like some kind of monster soldier things. Um, and uh, he uh, gets visited by um the woman. Uh, it's a secretary. I, I keep saying she's like an a secretary or an assistant to what essentially looks like the main villain of the game. Um. She comes to show her, um, show that she is not very pleased and her boss is not very pleased with the work he has made so far. Uh, he promised results and they didn't get them. And so she has come to basically say, if you don't get this shit right, we're going to fire you. So, um, no what now? No respect for all his hard work. Yeah. Been. The problem is, is that we get a little bit of backstory about him. And he's originally started doing these experiments because he was trying to find a way to bring his dead wife back to life. Um, because like he's he's trying to I don't know I don't know if he's trying to find a way to regenerate her body or or what. Um, but he originally started getting into this stuff because he was trying to bring his his wife back. So, um, but then this corporation, whoever this, this villain is, seems to be like a CEO of some type of corporation. Um, he, he decided to use those experiments to make soldiers, some kind of evil army. Um, and, um, they get catch wind of us that we're, we've escaped. So he decides to come after us himself since nobody can seem to stop us. So, um, the part, I forget to mention the party consists of Simon, Lilica and Jasper. Um, we eventually just, like, I don't think we run into any other characters. We just eventually make it to the top and then run into, um, the warden, which his name is Roninkaster. Rosencaster. Rosencaster. And we have a boss fight with him. Um, I didn't find this boss to be difficult at all. No, not too hard. I mean, I, 
I feel like all these bosses are difficult if if you lay off of the constant healing. Yeah. But as long as you're healing enough or as quickly as you can or need to, and I don't really find them to be that hard, especially with that illusion sword, illusion something. I think it's illusion blade, isn't it? Yeah, illusion sword or illusion blade. I find that weapon to be really nice for a lot of these boss battles. A lot of the quote-unquote bigger battles or harder battles because you can stay farther away. Yeah, so to explain... Less quickly. To explain that ability, which I use a lot too, um, the illusion sword or illusion blade, I can't remember what it's called, is an ability that Jaster has where he basically puts a rainbow light on his blade, powers it up basically, and so he's basically like Link from The Legend of Zelda whenever he has full hearts. Um, when he slashes, it shoots like a, a beam of light out of his out of his uh, sword, and it can it can use it basically as a ranged attack. So that way you can stay away from the bosses and just kind of slash and and shoot beams at them. Um, I use that a lot because yeah, I mean, the farther away from a boss I can be, the better. Yep. For, they, for the, the littler guys, it's easy just to go up and hack and slash them, but the bosses I like to keep my distance. Yeah. So um, taking him out, we beat him. Uh, we don't kill him, um, but uh, God, I can't remember what. Uh, I know what happens to him, but I can't remember what happened to him. Oh, now I remember. Um, so we beat him. He's laying there on the ground, um, and we 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 leave. Um, but then we get a cutscene of uh, Zegrin is there, uh, which he hasn't been in our party this entire time. Um, and he walks up to what I guess is his dead body. Somebody kills him, don't they? Yeah. Who kills him? Is it Zegrin? Could be. I can't remember. Somebody kills the warden, and he's laying there dead, and I think it's Zegrin, and then Zegrin throws the picture of him and his wife at his body and walks away, because it, it seems like Zegrin is working for this, this CEO boss, big bad guy, because he's, he's previewed all this information. Um, so uh, when we escape... We make it back out to the the city area, and we're treated to a cutscene where um, a voice is coming over like a dozen speakers throughout the city, and there is a projection of what is probably a leader of the city, like a mayor or maybe like a president, and um, it's that cat guy. The cat guy who helped us escape, um, and uh, Simon's like, oh, I'm, now I remember who that guy is. He's like the he, he's one of the the head people of the government for the city, and we're like, well, why the hell was he in prison? And it's probably due to this whole Draxian Empire, you know, this kind of like espionage terrorist thing where the people like the governments pissed off at him because he's not doing his job so they throw him in prison kind of thing um and we're just like well you know at least we got out that's all that matters really so 
We need to go back since this whole Draxian Empire, um, the evil empire versus the good empire, I guess, us or wherever we live. Um, they're hopefully calling for a truce. That's what they're hoping for. Um, but we, we don't hear much about that yet. Uh, so we go back to the, uh, the Galaxy Corporation to get our visa renewed because we still have yet to get that renewed. Go back to the stupid pop star who's an idiot. Mio? Mio? Mio, I believe, isn't it? M-I-O. And she says she can't uh, renew our license because, well, the mainframe's down. I'm like, okay, what's going on with the mainframe? She's like, you guys haven't heard? Somebody's taken over the the computer mainframe at this, this laboratory in town. And we see a television broadcast of uh, basically a guy has held himself up in um, this robotic factory and has taken over the computer mainframe of the entire city. Um, And he is demanding that he gets his job back. He's been fired from his job at this factory and he wants his job back. Otherwise, he's shutting down the entire system. And nobody come after me because I'll kill you. I'm like, okay, well, I guess we got to handle this guy. Kind of find out the government's put a big bounty on his head. So, hey, we're kind of like bounty hunters. So we go to where the factory is. The police are there. The police chief is like, okay, you guys want to do this? I mean, there's been a dozen other guys that came around. Um, and, uh, the, well, it's like Jaster's, Jaster's Desert Claw. It's like, oh, you're Desert Claw, right? Oh, man, you're like this crazy bounty hunter guy. Absolutely, come on in. We'll pay you, we'll pay you nicely if you can get this guy. Um, one thing I forgot to mention is that on the way to the factory, we run into a woman and child. And this woman is, uh, asking around a bunch of people, Asking if they've seen her husband. Uh, he's been missing ever since the explosion that the Draxian terrorists had happened. The ones we got blamed for. Uh, she's been trying to find her husband, uh, and she can't find him. And she asks us, and Simon, our, our party member, he sees the picture and gets really nervous. And starts acting kind of shifty toward it. Like, he's like, nah, I've never seen him before, and he's acting really weird. And we're like, okay, well, if you do see him, please tell him that his wife's looking for him. Uh, and then she leaves, and when she leaves, Simon's like, you know what? I think I'm going to go back to the ship for a little while, which is really weird. Um, so um, Simon leaves our party, our active party, I should say. And Steve, the robot, joins us. So now we got Steve in, and that's who we take, Lilica, Steve, and uh, Jaster go into the factory to hopefully capture this man who has taken over the mainframe. Yeah, my, my Steve's got some sweet pink claws at the moment. Yeah, my Steve did, and then I found some better ones that are like, mm, they're kind of like a uh, a cream color with red tips. Oh. Um, he's using those right now. Those are out of the ordinary because I hadn't equipped Steve with anything and his hands look normal. With these new weapons on, they look completely weird. 
Cause, yeah. Because he, he's so animated where he moves his arms when he talks and stuff. And I'm just like, all I'm seeing is these pink fucking claws running around. But, and you don't customize the rest of him, so you know, you can't get like a, or it doesn't seem like you can get like a uniform or a set of anything. Yeah. Like just his claws. The, um, I did get the, the different type of armor for Jaster. Did you get it? Mm, I think I got some type of armor. It was, but I thought it was, it was the jungle armor that he got from the jungle planet. Um, so he, he's basically dressed up a lot like Lilica is now. So he looks like a tribal guy running around with a bunch of aliens and, and space people. <laughs> and, and the thing is, it has better defense, so I'm not unequipping it. So why would I do that? So every, Regardless. yeah, every yeah, cut, yeah, every cutscene is him looking like he just came out of Tarzan. So, you know, I don't know. I like to incorporate it into the cutscenes. I mean, I like guess kind of a small thing, but yeah, something you would didn't be, see much. Yeah, it'd be jarring if they just went back to the normal look for every cutscene. Yeah. So uh, when we go into the factory, um, we are immediately attacked by a bunch of uh, worker robots. He has basically taken over the entire facility and has is able to control all the robots in the factory. Um, and you know that that's pretty much what this entire area is. This dungeon. Yeah, this is where I like these dungeons, but. Chapters four, five, and six are very dungeony. Yeah, it's you're basically fun. yeah, you're dropped into a very large area, and you're just basically running from save point to save point. See, I didn't really get that vibe as much in the jungle. I did, majorly. Mm. I don't know, like, and and this is where I I come up with, I am enjoying this game. But the pacing of this game is kind of bad. It's it, because it, you're in these giant dungeons and you're basically running from save point to save point. And then every once in a while you run into a cutscene. Nothing is solved in that cutscene until you get to the boss. And I'm just like, mm, I'm starting to see the pattern, much like how we saw the pattern in, in Trails of Cold Steel. Yeah. I'm seeing the pattern here. And I'm just like, God. Because these these dungeons are a bit of a slog for me. It's yeah, see, at least I, I felt like in the jungle there was a little bit more back and forth. Like I got to the rock first, then there were, I had something I had to do to open, to move the rock. You know, and then I had to go, there was a village to go into. There were people on the outskirts of the village. So there was a bit more context for me. Mm-hmm. There was falls that changed things up a bit. Right. Uh, you know, in this, it's just, you know, it's just gray hallway after gray room after gray hallway. Yeah. So, I mean, this chapter five, I think, is the worst of all of them. But, you know, four, five, and six uh, all kind of have that feel to me. Just mainly, I guess, the aesthetic, the, the gray, but... I just feel like it's even more pronounced that there's nothing to do other than make it to the boss. That's what it feels like to me. Because in the in the jungle, at least we you know we found a gun. There were you know we were interesting characters that were hanging out in the hut on the outskirts of town. There was a little bit more I thought to break it up. Uh, but but this this chapter especially, it's just pretty gray and pretty boring. Yeah, that's 
kind of how I feel um, with it, to be honest with you, is, is that there's, and the, the bigger issue is, is there's no shops in this area. Yeah, like even in the prison, you would find prison guards who are like, okay, if you buy something, I won't tell anybody. And you can still buy stuff. My issue is, is that by the time I made it to the boss of this dungeon, I had I had already ran out of healing potions, resurrections, everything. There was one shop in here was towards the end of the chapter. And it was a little strange because, the you know, the, a lot of this level is made up almost of I don't know how to describe it. Figure eights, essentially. Yeah, that's the one thing I didn't like about this. Is like I just did a complete circle and didn't realize it. Yeah, yeah, you almost can't tell. You know, you have to go right, but you can go down and right, or you can go right and down, or you know, you could go right and then down, keep going right and then go back up. So there was one shop that was basically past where you needed to go on on the figure eight. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, you know, I had I had sort of I guess gone down into the right, but it, and the and the exit into one of the rooms was at the far bottom right corner. But if you if you took that curve up and around to the left at the end, there there was a a, a hidden room, well not a hidden room, just a just a room that had a shop in it and a couple of chests. I completely missed it. I ended up having to stop at the save point right before the boss and teleport back to town. Which luckily you can do. Any save point you can teleport to. And um, went to the shop there. And I now, because I because I went through this entire dungeon and also level grinded probably two levels. I, right now, I'm at the end of chapter five. So the beginning of chapter six, basically. I have 70 healing potions. Mm. And like 40 resurrections. And I'm just yeah, I mean, like, yeah. yeah. You kind of have to have that. And I, when I go into bigger fights, I basically have um, have my party set to go all out, use as many healing stuff as you want to. Mm. Have you been spending any money on weapons and stuff at the vendors? I have. Um, there was one thing I forgot to mention in the last episode. Um, that I'll mention here, uh, while we were in the jungle, we ran into a frog guy and this frog guy talks to us and he says that he has a special ability that allows him to combine items together to make a new item. So what he can do is, is that if you feed him a weapon, uh, he can take another weapon from your inventory, combine them together to make a new one. Um, and I've been doing that as well. In the prison, yeah. it came and bit me in the ass. Oh, really? Yeah, because I had a powerful weapon that I had found. I think I found it. Um, that was like 120 attack power. I maxed it out and then combined it with a lower attack power one, and it made a new weapon that was 100 attack power. And I was like, well, son of a bitch. I shouldn't have combined them. Um, but yeah, you can do that with any weapon in the game. Uh, certain weapons, like the the freeze shot, you can't combine it because yeah, it. because you'll probably need it for puzzle solving later on. But yeah. um, yeah. So I wonder if that weapon that you made that isn't as good as hit you in the ass at the moment. But I wonder if it's you know a required piece to uh, an even better weapon 
it could be. Because that that's what I've actually I, I spent a lot of time because I, I didn't I didn't necessarily level grind, but I was I there were points in chapters five that I felt like I could have teleported around and I just ended up walking intentionally. Uh-huh. I guess most of this was in chapter six, but you know I spent a lot of time walking specifically to build up some of these lower level swords that I had picked up to max them out so I could combine them. Right. And, uh, yeah, I, I did that, I think three different times and, and got some pretty good weapons out of it. My main weapon, I just, I just evolved to like level two mm-hmm. and then I got a, I bought two or three new ones and leveled them both up over the course of a couple hours and combined those. So that, that was sort of a big driving factor for my, sort of grinding right. over the last three or four hours of play. You know, it was grinding. Yes, yeah, sure, I want more levels, but what I really want to do is just level up these swords. Yeah. So, and one thing I have to give the game is that a lot of times when you level up in uh, like a certain RPG, turn-based RPG or action RPG, you don't feel as powerful. In this game, after I grind a couple levels, I feel like I'm a little bit powerful. You know, a little bit more powerful, I should say. Um, yeah. So it, it, you can definitely feel it. Uh, currently, I think I'm like level 29 or 30. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, sounds about right. And I'm going into chapter six. But yeah, so um, oh god, what's <laughs> I can't think of the guy's name that we're going after. Jupus. Jupus. Jupus Tuki. Jupus Tuki. Yeah. Yeah. Jupus Tuki. Um, he's it's ridiculous. Little, is yeah. Well, he's a little alien guy. He's a blue alien guy with like a long neck and like a beak looking thing. He looks like a pterodactyl without the wings. Yeah, it's a good, good way to put it. Yeah. Um, and he's not big. He's like a short, stubby little guy who probably maybe like four foot tall. Um, and he's like a big nerd. Um, so when we make it to the, uh, to the, the boss fight, basically. There's a couple of times where we run into him, uh, but most of them are like either illusions or, uh, so like, like a hologram or something like that. He's talking to us. Um, he sicks a couple of, uh, robots on us, like big boss robots that we fight a couple of times. Um, and we also run into another guy while, while traversing this dungeon. And it's, um, <laughs> it's essentially Dr. Light from Mega Man. Um, it's uh Steve's father. Uh the the guy who created Steve, the robot. Um uh Dr. Um starts with a D. Doesn't it's it? like Picacho or Picaccio? Picaccio. Yeah, yeah, Picacho. That's it. I, for some reason I was for some I, I got a Pinocchio vibe out of it. Yeah, I, I was thinking somewhere between Pinocchio and Focaccia bread. <laughs> I got I got a Pinocchio vibe out of it because a he created a robot to be his son, just like Geppetto did in Pinocchio, and his name is Picaccio, Doctor Picaccio. I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. Um, but we run into him, and he helps us out. Um, and he kind of explains a little bit about this guy. Um. And then at the end, toward the boss fight, he actually helps us out by giving us a new weapon, which we'll go ahead and talk about. Uh, the boss fight uh, is with a gigantic robot, 
Um, it reminds me of a Sonic the Hedgehog style robot. It does. It reminds me of like a yeah, beast. <laughs> Dr. Robotnik kind of uh, thing. It's like a mech that I didn't realize he was inside of it until after the cutscene. Oh, yeah. They had a cutscene of him like getting beamed up into it. Okay. In the yeah. See, I missed that for some reason. I must have been checking my phone or something. But um, he's inside of it, piloting it. And when we first start fighting it, we can't do any damage to it whatsoever. Um, I was like, oh, it's one of those fights. Because originally I was thinking, okay, do I have to hit it with something special like lightning or something like that? Um, But you can't do any damage to it. After probably about 20 seconds, 30 seconds into the fight, we get another cutscene. Um, where he's basically like, hi, you can't break the, the shields that I've been working on. Um, so, uh, doctor comes in, Steve's dad, he gives us a new blaster that breaks, uh, electronic fields. And, uh, we can now shoot the shield out and then start attacking him. Yeah, these guys are basically neck and neck in the, the research race, huh? Yeah. Scoopus basically just creates this brand new type of shielding, and then Picaccio happens to also just make this specific anti-shield gun. Yeah. So we get that gun, we're able to take down the shield. Uh, when we get him to about half health, uh, he activates like a super mode, um, and um, the boss fight gets a lot harder. Um, I died here because... As I said before, I used the teleportation device to go back to town to buy items. I did that after I died here because that's when I realized I don't have any items. So I have two uh, party members dead and I have no resurrections. So it's just Steve versus the boss. And I'm like, well, that's not going to work. So <laughs> I had to go back to town. We back to town, got me a ton of healing items and resurrections. And... um this was one of the first fights in the game where I actually kind of micromanaged and it seemed to work out in my favor. So I noticed that, you know, I, I always start a fight off like a boss fight with Jasper's, uh, the flash sword. So electricity sword, I noticed that it was doing more damage with electricity sword. So I had Jasper use the electricity sword. I had, um, Steve use his, uh, electric punch thing. Makes sense since they're robots. Yeah. And then I had, uh, Lilica do the, uh, the God war, war gods cry or something like that. Yeah. Which, which I think just buffs attack, right? Yeah. It buffs everybody's attack and I think attacks or movement speed. I'm not certain. Uh, um, and, uh, I was just doling out constant damage. Um, and this boss does not like mess around when it comes to just hitting people constantly. Yeah, so, he hits hard. Yeah. So when I got, um, when I would run out of uh, ability points and have to recharge, I'd immediately put my sword up and he'd automatically hit it. I'm back to hitting him again kind of thing. Um, and I took him out. We destroyed his robot. And he comes out and he gives us a sob story. Why he was fired. And he was developing a special type of resource. Um, that manipulates space and time. Uh, and this could be used as kind of like a power source uh, that could generate anything indefinitely. Um, and he was on the, the brink of a breakthrough with it. 
and uh, another lab, another lab person that worked with him saw all this stuff. Um, and he had been working on it all night, and he fell asleep. Well, he he had also before he fell asleep. I think he said something along the lines of, you know, the control over the universe is finally possible. Well, that's what the guy said. That's what the other guy said. Yeah, that's what the other guy said. Um, so he falls asleep, and when he wakes up, he notices that his coffee that he had had spilled all over the computers, and is now basically frying everything. Um, and the place kind of like short circuits. So all of his data is gone. Uh, and he swears up and down. He said, I didn't do this. He said, I'm telling you, it sabotaged. Somebody sabotaged my plans and stole my data. And he says, I'm telling you, it's the corporation that we work for that's doing it. And they're in cahoots with this rogue government. Um, and he like apparently nobody really believes him at the current moment. I mean, it does kind of sound like a drunk that burned his house down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, it definitely wasn't me, although I was asleep, so I have no idea. And I definitely did have coffee on the computer, which I absolutely should not have had. But no, it couldn't have been me. So um, he says it's all sabotage. Well, the police come in, and they're like... Okay, we're taking you in. We ain't, we're not going to listen to this. We're going to put you in court right now. And he's like, well, you guys are going to put me to death for this shit. And we're like, well, that that's up for you to decide. So he throws down a smoke pellet and runs away. And we try to chase after him, but he gets away. And um, the, uh, the, the police along with, like the police chief along with like the, the uh, Geppetto, Dr. Pinocchio guy, they're there, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, about that reward, you guys helped us. He'll he'll be captured soon enough. Uh, we got the entire city blocked off kind of thing. Um, he's like, so your reward, will, uh, how about we give you this factory? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, me, me personally, I'm like, give us a factory? And uh, then they explain to us that this factory hasn't been used in a while, but you guys can basically create whatever you want to in here. You can create your own crafting materials, your own, pretty much your own factory to build stuff, including weapons. Picasso, right? Yeah. Uh, he's going to run it. And uh, we get this. <laughs> it's such a short tutorial for what they want us to do. Um, I didn't mess with it because I was like, oh, this fries my brain. Um but basically, you can build your own fucking factory um, in a style kind of like, I don't know, like Fallout 4, where you can build your own bases and stuff like that. You can build your own factory and make make it build whatever you want. So depending on what type of crafting material you want to make, weapon, um, uh, healing items, all this stuff you can be made here. And then you can come and pick it up periodically whenever it's finished. Uh, and it's all about placement of different types of machines in the factory. And it, like, it gives you a map and a graph to place things like conveyor belts and stuff. And I was like, this is too much for me. I just want to play a role playing game. <laughs> so I, I was like, I won't mess with this right now. No, I haven't played Dark Cloud. Uh huh. But 
I vaguely remember this might be totally off base, but I vaguely remember there being something like that in Dark Cloud. There like, is there is a town building mechanic in Dark Cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there most certainly is. They've done this before. Yeah. So um I just didn't want to mess with it. So after all that, we leave. We go back to the Galaxy Corporation one more time to get our visa renewed. We go up to the pop singer girl and we give her a card. She's like, oh, I can totally do this now. The mainframe's back up. You guys did a great job. And she types it in. Takes two seconds. She hands it back to us. And Jasper's like, really? That's all it took was that? It took us all day to get this fucking thing renewed. And it took two seconds to do. And we went to prison because of it. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> Um, I found it kind of comical. Yeah. Uh, we turn, yeah. go ahead. I was just going to say things like that make this game feel like a cartoon. Yeah. Like it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, not to mention the aesthetics of the game, but that kind of scenario is very cartoony. Yeah. It's like, it's like wacky situations. Mm-hmm. Um, we return back to the ship, uh, to embark on our journey or continue our journey. Uh, and lo and behold, guess who's there? Matt. <laughs> oh, me? Hmm. Who's there? Uh, Jupus Tukey. Oh, look at that. I was going to say the captain, but hey, guess what? I haven't met him yet. <laughs> oh, you will within minutes. I, I know. That's that's what I was kind of thinking. Because <laughs> I, I was like, because you mentioned, have you seen the cutscenes after that? And I'm like, no. I was like, I bet I meet the captain then. But now, um, yep. yeah, Jubas is here, and he said that he's going to be hiding out from the cops for a while. So what better place to hide than with a bunch of pirates? So he's going to join our team. My favorite thing about all this is that he pisses off everybody else on the crew. <laughs> Nobody talks to him, basically. Oh, really? So that's that's how it works? Yeah, well, I I don't know, like... Somewhere around this point, I went and was I was talking to all the characters just to, to kind of see, you know, to get to get a little more flavor, I guess, on the characters. Uh-huh. And it's like I feel like three of them mentioned how much they don't like Jupus. Really? And and then when you go down to the bar to talk to him, he says something about, "Yeah, nobody seems to want me around." Well, he's uh, he's a little annoying. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say annoying is like like the first mate annoying, like really loud and obnoxious. This guy is like clearly self centered. Yeah, he thinks he's a fucking genius. Well, he kind of is, but he 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 does not have any type of like social skills when it comes to that stuff. He just thinks he's awesome, and you know, he's I'm more I'm smarter than you, and you know, whatever. So I'm just like, ah, whatever. This guy's an idiot. Um, and then we fly off to our next destination. Um, and that's the end of chapter five. Uh, and that's as far as I got, unfortunately. Uh, I should have got farther, but, um, I was really busy this weekend, so I wasn't able to play that much. But we did get this far. Um, and I'm, I, I plan to dig deeper into this game this weekend. Guaranteed. So hopefully we will have a, longer episode for you rather than 35 minutes because I'm looking at the timer right now. Um, as far as my thoughts on the game, and I think this may be one of the reasons why I haven't had that much 
time put into it. I feel like the pacing is off pretty significantly in this game. I'm really enjoying it. Like when I get cutscenes, when I get story, it's fun. You know, it's colorful. It's it's got a lot of character stuff like that to it. But there's so much in between there that is just a slog to get through. Um, and like it's like I said on Twitter like a few hours ago. It feels like I've sat down and played this game for an hour, but it feels like I played it for three hours. And I think it's just because of the repetitive nature of it. Running through the exact same hallways, fighting the exact same enemies, a little bit too much. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I think that I'm having that same feeling. I don't think it's half as bad as Trails of Cold Steel. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's certainly there. So I just um I think this game probably would have benefited more from uh, the the random encounters being you can see them on the screen kind of like how Trails of Cold still does it. Yep. You can see them yeah. on you can see them in the environment and you can run into them if you want to fight them or you can avoid them completely. Yeah, I mean I I think every RPG would benefit from that but th- yeah. yeah, maybe this more th- more so than others even. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I'm I'm really enjoying this game at the same time I'm just like man, it's just just sitting down to to go through this long ass dungeon is is it's slightly annoying. Um, not enough for me yeah. to quit. But. The chapter is fairly short, so I mean, all, I, everything you said is true, but you're talking no more than two hours a chapter, right? Yeah, but like I said, it feels like I played an hour of this game. It feels like three hours. I don't know why. Hmm. Like like that's one thing I can't I can't figure out why. I feel that way about it, but I do. I think it's just because of like the layout of the dungeons is is, is slightly weird, um, and then fighting the same guys over again. Because I mean, like the combat when you're fighting just regular enemies is either a I'm going to use Desert Wind to end this fight right now, or b it's going to be beam mashing on the X button. I mean, that's essentially what my battles entail, unless they're boss fights, which is what I enjoy the most in this game is the boss fights. Yeah. Because you actually have to use strategy. Um, I don't know. Like, I can't, I, like, for the life of me, I can't tell you why I feel that way. I think it's just, it, it, I think it's the, the, the fights themselves. I like the combat, the combat sound, especially during the boss fights, but any other time it just feels like, uh, here comes another fight, you know? And I'm trying to find the fastest way to finish it kind of thing. Yep. So, I don't know. It's weird. I'm enjoying it. At the same time, there's a lot of things I don't like about it. Yeah, I mean, after the first recording, I I couldn't really have been more positive on the game. Yeah. I am starting to feel a bit of, you know, it, it just feels very dungeon-y. Yeah. I all feel like I'm doing is slogging through dungeons a bit. Um. To me, there's still more than enough. To, I'm still actually loving this game. I think there's still more than enough to outweigh that, but it is starting starting to set in a bit. That that feeling of uh, as soon as I start the next dungeon, I know that I'm just going to be here for hours. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. I mean, I don't think six is quite as bad as five. Okay. Although, I actually I take that back because I think in a lot of ways it's worse, but. Can you tell me who I plan on having in my party in Chapter 6? Uh, it's you, you get, I believe, the last new party member in 6. Okay. 
that's probably the and, captain. <laughs> and Kasala. Okay. Hey, I got a healer. Thank God. Ooh, I love her. You know, I, I'm I'm curious to see if anything is gonna happen. Obviously, it's not really the type of story where relationships are gonna play much of a role, but clearly, uh, Jester, Jester and Kasala have something. Have something. Okay. No, that's fine. It happens. So, but yeah, I'm, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm. I am not to a point where I'm like, oh man, I don't want to play any more of this game. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it thoroughly. It's just, you know, it's a slog to get through sometimes. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much how I feel about it. Um, I wish I had a few more options with the unlocks. Also, the unlocks. You know, you know, like the, your grid basically of inserting weird random things that you pick up, right? To unlock new abilities. Because I really like that every single battle gives me a potential new unlock, a new ability unlock. Right. You know, it's I'm not waiting for like to level up the next level or two more levels or, you know, to build up enough money to be able to buy something to unlock it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that at any point I might be able to check that and be like, oh hey, I have two new abilities waiting for me to unlock. And and I, I'm still liking the way that you can sort of prioritize characters because I've. Given what's happened in the story, I've very much deprioritized Zegram. Yeah. So I, I almost never add anything to him. And then also just in order to try and save those, I don't know if you'd call them more rare items or more commonly needed unlock items, I haven't been putting anything into Steve either. So those two are all the way at the bottom. I'm not using any of my items to upgrade those two. Instead, I'm prioritizing Kisala, Lilica, and uh, Simon. Okay. I mean, I kind of like the fact that you can pick the characters you like and focus all of your upgrade efforts on those, and then only if there's stuff left over, upgrade the other guys. Well, here's my thing. Sort of the team that way. Here's my question. I'll ask you this question then, because as we all know, even if you're you have an active party, there's three people in your party when you do a dungeon, and you can't switch out characters so far. Um, but the characters you don't have in your active party still gain experience points, not as much, but they can still level up. What if? And this is just me talking out loud. What if it was a lot like the sphere grid system in Final Fantasy X, where you just get an extra node to put in when you level up? I mean, instead of this kind of like almost chance based, uh, getting a loot drop to put into the sphere grid, why not just give me a ability point when you level up? I mean, I get it. It's a little, it's, it's, it's more unique in that sense. I'm just like, it's still slightly convoluted that you have to do this because a lot of, yeah. like, I may never get this ability because, hey, it may never drop for me or it may, I may never find that, that treasure chest. But yeah, I'm imagining if it's designed well that there's a bit of redundancy there, and if you do miss a pickup, it will either drop randomly or you can buy it from some vendors at some point. Yeah. Um, but to me, it's that drop thing is one of the biggest factors offsetting the awfulness of all the random encounters. Yeah. 
for me, if there weren't those drops at the end of every random encounter, my desire to sit through them would be way, way less than it is right now. That's true. Because especially when, you know, when all you're going to do is use Desert Wind, the fight only takes you, what, 20 seconds total? Not even that. So, yeah, I mean, it, if you're not sitting through very much and you're A, getting more XP to boost you up to the next level, so you're doing a little bit of grinding, you know, also I'm, I'm working on leveling up my swords, and, you know, a, a third factor is I'm trying to get new items in order to unlock abilities for my characters. Those I'm doing all three of those things with every 10-second battle. Uh, that that really offsets the monotony of it for me. Right. I mean, it, in, in, I would say out of those things, the, the most important thing there is the random drops and the requirement for those weird items to unlock uh to you know to unlock those abilities now is is that maybe the the simplest way to do it no but for me it is providing enough reason to to want to keep doing the random battles as opposed to just being fed up that i have to do them right all right that that may wear thin after another couple hours of play but so far i'm 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 not i'm not too down on the random battles even though in in principle i hate them (laughs) I really, I mean, that that was one of the things when I was younger. That was one of the reasons I didn't play RPGs at all, any RPGs, because I hated random, random battles. Yeah, I. It's it's an archaic system, you know, and it's like luckily most modern RPGs don't have that, and I'm glad. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's uh, that'll be it for us. This episode, a short episode, but that's okay. Um, we uh we don't know what our uh, we're still trying to iron out what our schedule is going to be, um because I have a feeling Rogue Galaxy may take us into October or close to October, and we really want to do Eternal Darkness for Halloween, so I don't know exactly. I'm gonna have to ask our our extra special guests what they want to do. I have it set to where we're gonna do Danganronpa two, and then Eternal Darkness. Um, depending on how long it takes us to do Rogue Galaxy, we may have to switch it to where we do Eternal Darkness first, then Danganronpa. Either way, we're doing both those games. Um, I just don't know when. So, uh, I need to ask my, the two people because Jay's obviously going to be on the Danganronpa episode. And then Dave Payerly said that he was going to join us for Eternal Darkness, which I haven't had him on a show and I don't know how long. So I need to see what their schedules look like before we start solidifying anything. It may stay the same. We may do Danganronpa next, and and Eternal Darkness may go into November. And if that's the case, I don't care. It's that's fine. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the plan as of right now. I need to talk to those two people. Um, other than that, uh, you can send us an email. It's uh, Drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can talk to us about Rogue Galaxy. I know there's a few people playing along with us. Uh, tell us how you're feeling about the game, if you want. Um, uh, you can also follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, and that's pretty much it. I uh, appreciate everybody listening. Um, we will be talking a lot more about this game the next episode should be a much longer hopefully if everything goes according to my plan (laughs) so we'll find out but until then i'm drew and i'm matt and we're out of here
Hope you guys have a great week, and we'll be back next week with the continuation of Rogue Galaxy. Thank you.